What's happening, guys? It's Pete Mundo, HeartlandCollegeSports.com. Thanks for downloading this week's radio show turned into a podcast for me. If you haven't yet, please do rate, review, subscribe, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. If you do that, screenshot your rating, email it to me, Pete Mundo at HeartlandCollegeSports.com. I will personally ship you a Heartland College Sports koozie and keep that beer cold for the entire month of August. A great deal, a great trade-off. Enjoy the show. We'll talk to you soon. Pete Mundo back on Heartland College Sports Weekly, and we now welcome in the co-managing editor of frogsaward.com, fantastic TCU website. That is Melissa Trewasser. Melissa, we appreciate it. Thanks so much for joining us as always. And, you know, season's just a few weeks away. And with all the seniors gone from this team for Gary Patterson, uh, the sense that I'm getting is that the fan base doesn't expect a major drop-off. Is, is that the overwhelming theme that you feel as well? And is that, is that because of the confidence in Gary Patterson or because the Big 12 is wide open this year? I definitely think it's a little bit of both. Um, you know, I think part of the transition that we've seen in recruiting over the last couple of years helps TCU feel more like a reload than a rebuild annually. There's always going to be those blips in the radar, and, and 2018 could certainly be one of those. But ultimately, the talent is there, especially on the defensive side. There's enough leadership, especially on the defensive side, that um, if that that lives up to billing, then the offense should be good enough to, to compete at the high level in a wide-open Big 12. Uh, big question marks, obviously, when you lose your quarterback and when you send four of your five offensive line starters to the NFL. But at the end of the day, I think that there's reason to have optimism um, for the upcoming season. And, and I think we've seen enough of some of those skill players to believe that they can compete right away. Melissa, you know, you mentioned the quarterback, of course, everyone wondering if uh, Sean Robinson can be the guy since it looks like, you know, he was at media days. Uh, we're going to assume that Justin Rogers is needing some more time to rehab. So, uh, why do you think that we we're going to see an improved just or an improved Sean Robinson this year? Especially, you know, that one game we saw him in against Texas Tech, the passing game was average at best. Uh, what are you hearing in terms of why that might be improved this year? Well, I think that you have to you have to look at two things. Number one, um, the conditions that he played in in Tech were far from ideal, and and that's not an excuse. But you know, when you're making your first career start, the winds are blowing forty miles an hour every direction, and You've got about four or five pretty bad drops by your wide receivers in that game. I think that people are willing to give him a little bit of a pass. But the other thing that you have to put most of the credit in is Sonny Cumbie. Uh, we saw the leap that Trayvon Boykin took from uh, the, the year where he started a handful of games to where he became the starter at TCU. And I think that there's reason to believe that Sean Robinson can do the same thing. Uh, he's showing the leadership that you want to see. He's got the arm. I mean, that, that guy throws a deep ball right now better than Kenny Hill ever did. Um, and so I think that the offense has the potential to be more wide open and you have such a deep crop of wide receivers around him uh, that can run all kinds of routes. And so I think that there's opportunity for Sean to really succeed if the offensive line is good enough and if he makes that mature maturity level jump um, from year one to year two. People also have to remember he was an early enrollee, so it's not like this is his second year in the program. He's now two and a half full years, including a couple weeks preparing as a starter last year. So uh, the competition will be tough. I mean, he's got guys like Michael Collins, who Gary Patterson really likes, and of course Justin Rogers, who 
looks like he's going to be potentially close to full health when camp opens. I don't expect him to take the job from Robinson, but he'll certainly be pushing him to be the best uh, quarterback he can be in the film room. So I think that, that Sean has the tools and the talent. If he's made the jump that we expect him to make under the tutelage of Sonny Cumbie, then it could be a really special season for the Horned Frogs. Melissa Trebowasser, co-managing editor of FrogsAward.com, uh, joining us here, great TCU website. So when you look at this program, Melissa, and – you know, where the deficiencies are right now, where do you see those positions that concern you the most? I mean, the offensive line is the easy one to go to. Um, like I said, we four of the five starters last year are NFL camps right now. Um, the center position with Patrick Morris having graduated on is, is probably the biggest question mark. But there are a lot of guys along that offensive line that played a year ago um, in a rotation and due to injury. So I think that we're all excited to see what Wes Harris does. He's a redshirt freshman out of Alito, which is a powerhouse program in the DFW area. Uh, Quazel Wright was a highly White was a highly touted freshman coming in last year who redshirted, who looks like he could be legit. And of course, Lucas Niang is Bat Myers and a handful of other veteran players that have been in the program. So if they can gel over Nigua uh, during, I have to sound that out when I say it um, <laughs> during media day. They, they've looked the part in spring ball, and, and the running back uh, unit seems to be pretty excited about what they might be able to do behind that line this year. So if those, if those guys live up to what they're potentially capable of doing, then there shouldn't be too much of a drop-off. But you're always going to see you know, that be the last unit to gel and, and probably the most important one early in the season. And with the way the Frogs' schedule starts out, there's not a lot of rest for the weary in that regard. Yeah, there really isn't. I mean, let's be honest, that TCU, or the um, the Ohio State game, of course, uh, you know, you have SMU always early in the season. Throw that on top of the Texas game, I believe, mm-hmm. that's in uh, end of September there. So w- when you look at this schedule early on, I mean, when you're losing 20-plus seniors from last year, how tough is that for Coach Patterson, and, and what's his message here as as they get ready for a, a brutal opening month? Well, the thing I'll say more than anything as a TCU fan is thank God Texas is back again because every year we have to hear how this is going to be the year that, that they finally get it together and <laughs> we're underdogs in Austin. And so I don't think there's going to be any shortage of bulletin board material for Gary Patterson. Um, you know, I think you open with Southern, which, you know, uh, that should be an easy one, you'd think. Um, at SMU is never easy, but it's not hard to get those guys fired up to play their crosstown rivals. And then, you know, Ohio State, nobody is, is, thinks TCU has a shot in that game. And most, most teams are, or most people are picking against them in, in a 10-point-plus margin. So I think that going from Ohio State to Texas, it's going to be really easy to get the guys fired up. What you have to be afraid of is an emotional letdown or an emotional high if they do go and beat Ohio State or if that game doesn't go well. Uh, it's a tough transition rivalry-wise um, from SMU to Ohio State in the national stage to Texas. And then it doesn't get any easier because I think the next game is Iowa State at home. So... Uh, Patterson has never had a problem getting guys fired up for big games. It's It's been kind of the Kansases and the, sometimes the SMUs of the world that have been an issue. So with the way that the schedule goes, SMU could be one of the scariest games early on, but I'm not too worried about him having his team ready for Ohio State and, uh, and Texas, especially because he's always said that he always looks at those first four games, and that's what he's game planning for in the summer. So he spent a lot of time watching film on those teams. Yeah, you know, I think back to last season when, when uh, the Horned Frogs start off 4-0, you know, they have that game against um, Arkansas. They, they thump them in that game 28-14. And at the end of September, they were 4-0, and Gary Pedersen said, I looked at September as, you know, basically its own season. And I got mm-hmm. to imagine that that's a big part of how he's viewing it this year as well, especially when you have a young team. You know, you're not maybe rebuilding, but you're restocking. And, and there's a lot that goes into that opening four weeks, a lot of potential emotional highs and lows. 
Absolutely. And, and I think that's one of the things where having a young quarterback can be a little bit scary for, for the team and for the fan base, because the one thing that you have to worry about that, you know, maybe you worried about with Kenny Hill, but he wasn't going to lose his spot as a senior is if Sean Robinson doesn't play well those first couple of weeks, do people start calling for Justin Rogers or Michael Collins? And how does that affect, you know, a, a 19, 20 year old kid versus how it might affect the Kenny Hill who's kind of seen it all, um, so to speak. But, you know, ultimately, I, I think that uh, Patterson is going to be more worried about that Texas game than the Ohio State game because that's, you know, it's great to go out and make an impression on a national stage, and that still is important for a school like TCU. But at the end of the day, you know, if, if they, that game doesn't go well, he'll have, be able to tell his team, hey, we can bounce back. Texas is the one that matters. You know, what happens in the Big 12 is what matters for us, not what happens in these non-conference games. And so I think there's still enough maturity. Um, when you look at guys like Ben Banigou and Ty Summers and, uh, Nico Small, and then you've got on the offensive side, Jalen Austin, Kevonte Turpin, you know, seniors who have been around and, and who have seen kind of a little bit of everything. There's enough leadership on this team to overcome even a slow start in September. And our expectations, again, uh, that, that this team is going to be playing in Arlington for a chance at the Big 12 championship, is that what the fans have come to expect in Fort Worth? I think being in the conversation for that in November is the expectation, but I think realistically most people would be okay with an eight-win season where the Frogs were competing in every game. Um, if you can beat Texas, if you can beat Baylor, if you can compete with Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, you know those are the types of games that the TC probably needs to win two out of those four. If they win three, it'll be a bonus. But at the end of the day, most people realize that you know we've got a chance we've got some really special seniors on defense, but this is an offense that may have some growing pains. And so if the defense plays great, the frogs are in every game and they're in the conversation, they're in the mix to make it back to Arlington. Most of the fan base will, will be happy with that. I know the players, especially the senior leaders expect to be back in Arlington. And I don't have a problem with that either. When you look at, like we said, how wide open the big 12 is outside of Will Greer at at West Virginia, there's a lot of things we don't know about the quarterbacks. And so TC is not in any different boat than most of the rest of the conference in that regard. Melissa Trewasser, co-managing editor of Frogs of War. Uh, Melissa, thank you so much for a few minutes. Really appreciate the time. Yeah, absolutely. Always happy to come on. Always a good conversation with Melissa. We appreciate her time. And let's also uh, share with you a, a brief conversation that we had with Gary Patterson at Big 12 Media Days, and I thought it was really fascinating. It was a, a discussion about recruiting at TCU, uh, why he's had so much success, how he's had so much success, and whether or not the success that TCU has had could affect a program like an SMU or a Houston from ever joining the Power 5 Conference. Here's what Coach Patterson had to say in our four-minute conversation from Big 12 Media Days. Coach, recruiting-wise, um, it seems like you guys in Texas have kind of led the way and really focusing on the state of Texas where all this talent is and the SEC West has kind of started you know, going into your guys' backyard. How much emphasis do you put on, on recruiting in the state, or is it really just a national game now? Now you think Texas is only here because I just read an article where the Texas high school coaches are okay because they've been going out of state so much this year. Last year's class seemed to be pretty low. It was, loaded, but yeah. this one, this one's, this one, they've been out of state oh, yeah, more than they've been 19, they're going out of state. Yeah, yeah, they're a lot out of state. So, you know, we, we're always going to stay. That's just kind of what we do. Um, you know, I just. Why do you think coaches are going out of state like this when well, they have all this talent because, in the state? Well, but it's, well, number one, because so many people, it's, it's, it's being watered down because of a lot of kids have left the state. Now, I've just saw this year's class, I think a lot more are staying within. A&M in Texas and ourselves and whoever more are staying in the state than going to those schools, but um, it's 
you know, you got to go. You don't have the level that you need to win. Mm-hmm. At least what they think that fits their program. Then you got to go somewhere else and find that. When you go and get those two-star talents and you develop them into Jerry Hughes, Ty Summers, those guys, kind of guys. Have you seen it help you guys at all when you are recruiting those four-star talents? Yeah, and it hurts us because, you know, when people say, well, they don't go get those guys. Well, we're getting them. That's just not what somebody else is giving them. You know, and, and what hurts us, hurts us most is I'm, we're just not going to move as fast as what some people move on, all that stuff. But I, I think it, I think the one thing is for sure, kids come in, they know that we're considered guys get better when they leave our program than when they came in. And you can't argue that. And I tell you, if I could recruit juniors, which now they're going to let us, now kids can transfer, they're the ones that know because freshmen come out because of the splash. And guys about after two years and they can compare it and then they come and they figure out that they screwed up uh, what they're trying to get accomplished and they come back. They know the difference in our program. Ben knows the difference. Okay, anybody that's been in a different place or been to a junior college, and they know the difference between the level of training of what you what you get at our place and what you get at some other places. I mean, I, it's not. A, I'm not saying that in a boastful way. What I'm saying to you is, is that you know, very few people put their staffs in the off-season program in January and February. You know, they're at 2:30. They're doing the next recruiting class. or doing, you know, come 2:30. Even the head coach is out there in the weight room. He's out there in the running groups. He's out there developing kids and doing things. I mean, there's a reason why we've had we've had success is because we that's what we do. So many people I get this when I'm going on to the next one where you better you better take care of the dude you got, you know, it's, and do it. And on that recruiting front, I mean, you guys had the, I think, third-ranked class in the Big 12, so it's not like, you know, you guys are right up there. How much do you think the fact that TCU is now recruiting at a top 25 level. Um, are there schools in the state that you believe didn't want you guys in a Power Five conference oh, for yeah. that reason? All of them. You sit in a Metroplex, all of them. Mm-hmm. And you think that'll prevent uh, a Houston or an SMU one day from ever getting in a Power Five because of the success you guys are having? Um, no, not necessarily. I think, you know, the, what will stop everybody from doing is just sharing the money. You just want me to be honest. I mean, it's sharing the money. It's, I mean, it's why, why, why add an, another somebody that's going to cut another piece of the pie? Yeah. I mean, it's so. But I think we'll all find that out sooner than later. Here in the next, we've got about four to six years. We're going to find all that out. So. Once again, that was a conversation I had with a couple of the reporters with Gary Patterson, the TCU head coach of Big 12 Media Days. A, a really fascinating. I could talk to Gary Patterson all day and never get bored. I mean, he is so damn smart, interesting. Uh, not trying too hard, but giving you just really quality information. So uh, that's my favorite guy to talk to at Big 12 Media Days. I wanted to share that with you in terms of just recruiting and the future for the conferences and whatnot. Really good stuff. Well, we appreciate you listening to this podcast. We'll have more coming up uh, this week. Be sure to check it out. Rate, review, subscribe, Heartland College Sports, iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Talk to you guys soon.